We are so glad you've joined us today. If God is doing something in your life through this ministry, we want to hear about it. Send us an email at live at trinitynwa.com to tell us your story. You can also go online to give to this ministry by going to trinitynwa.com and clicking the red Give Online button. Again, thank you so much for joining us today. If you want to experience more content, visit our website or subscribe to our YouTube channel. I guess you've got your Bible or you've got your your phone or your iPad or something that has Scripture on it. Turn to Matthew chapter 13. We're going to talk about weeds in the wheat. And I would ask you, I guess any of you that have gardens by now, uh, you should be having some tomatoes. You should be having some cucumbers, right? Man, I'll tell you, uh, Deb and I, we didn't do a whole lot this year. We did like, we did four tomato plants. But on those four little tomato plants, we got 60-something tomatoes. And uh, and the cucumbers, I'm telling you, it's, just go, it's going great. But Deb, she, she loves to go out there and, and pluck off all the dead leaves. And she waters and she takes care of that and keeps it all clean. You know me, I go out there and sit on the hammock and watch her while she plucks the weeds out of the garden. Have you got any weeds in your garden? Anybody got any weeds in your garden yet? They've had time to grow. If they're, if they're going to be there, they're going, how do they get there anyway? How do those weeds get there? I think it happens several ways. Those of you that are smarter than me can probably tell, you, tell me more scientifically how this happens. I believe it probably happens because birds spread things around, drop seeds. And I think sometimes that you mow. When you mow, you mow things into there. And sometimes wind just blows things there. Different ways that it happens. But those... Old weed seeds find a way to take root in anything that will grow a vegetable or fruit. The weed will grow in the same place. I know those of you that are trying to keep up your lawns, if you're not careful, it'll grow there too. And you're always out there spraying and trying to keep it cleaned up. Weeds just find a way to grow in the places where good stuff grows. If it's fertile, everything will grow there. Anything will grow there. And so... Uh, you have a problem with that sometimes. You know, it doesn't just happen in farming, but it's also a spiritual issue. And Jesus addressed this in a parable in Matthew. And we're going to talk about it here today. Matthew chapter 13, verse 24. Jesus, it says, used another illustration or used another parable. Jesus loved to tell stories. He's a master storyteller. So Jesus is telling the story. He said, the kingdom of heaven is like a man who planted, planted good seed in his field. But while people were asleep, his enemy planted weeds in the wheat field and went away. And when the wheat came up and formed kernels, weeds appeared. And the owner's workers came to him and asked, Sir, didn't you plant good seeds in your field? Where did the weeds come from? And he told them an enemy did this. And his workers asked him, Do you want us to pull out the weeds? And he replied, No, if you pull out the weeds, you might pull out the wheat with them. Now, I don't think the devil is the one who's planting weeds in your garden. But he is the one who is attempting to plant weeds in the garden of the church. And that's what this this passage is about right here. We're going to dig around a little bit and talk about this. I I want to show you what's going on in this story. So if you go back to where we started, go back, look back where we started. And let's break this down. Let's tell you who are these people and what are the circumstances of this story. You think you probably already know it. Maybe you do. But uh, even this morning, I have been studying and trying to come up with more and more and visiting with folks and, and trying to get the wisdom of, 
of Pastor Brian and Pastor Jerry and different ones saying, hey, I've, I found some stuff here I'm, I, need a little, I need a little direction on. But what's happening here is this. Uh, when it says a man planted good seed, a man is God. The man is God. The seed is doctrine or, as Jerry said, it's truth. So God planted truth. It was his seed, truth, and he planted it in his field, which is his church. All right. And while people, the workers, were asleep. Now, that could be a little there could be a little bit of discussion on that. The, the workers could either be us or it could be the workers that are later on going to be harvesting this wheat. But somewhere, some workers. Went to sleep. And while they were sleeping, the enemy, which is the devil, came in and sowed weeds in the field, or he sowed, King James calls it tares. Basically, he is sowing bad seed, or he, was, he is sowing a lie. The enemy always sows a lie. So, so God is sowing truth into the church, all the while the devil is sowing a lie into the church. And what we're talking about today is the church. So we're not talking about the world. This is this you gotta understand this parable that this this we're talking about this is a message from Jesus to the church to warn them and to, to educate them about how things are happening, how they're going to happen. So all the while God, who is the creator of all things, has created good seed, which is truth. He's nothing but truth. He knows nothing but the truth. Everything he says and does is the truth. And he's sowing that truth into the church. But the devil, who's a liar and nothing but a liar, the father of all lies, is constantly sowing uh, lies into the church as well. And so, uh, notice this with me. The good seed was planted, but while somebody was asleep... The devil was allowed to do three things. First of all, he sowed weeds unnoticed. Secondly, he left the scene undetected. And thirdly, he produced trouble unchallenged. And all of that is found in verses 24 through 26. So that's how it happens. And I I thought about that. I thought, you know, every time my house has been toilet papered, this is how it happened. The culprits came in while I was asleep in the house, unnoticed, undetected, and unchallenged, did they desecrate my lawn and house. Doesn't happen much anymore, but when I was a youth pastor, it used to happen a lot. I I, I tell you, those guys up in Fort Smith, they used to get me bad. One time they forked, you know what forking a yard is? They got plastic forks and they forked my yard in the winter. And my kids were babies. I'm talking about like two and four. And they forked my lawn and it snowed like three or four inches that night. And I couldn't even tell with a fork. I couldn't let the kids out of the house. For, I couldn't let them out in the front yard for a couple of days until the snow went down enough to find the forks. Just to be able to get all the forks out of the yard. Those guys were ornery. They'd, you'd wake up and they would actually plant trees in your front lawn while you were asleep. They would go get trees from other people's houses. Come plant them in my lawn. And I'd wake up and there'd be road signs and everything. These kids were rough in Fort Smith. They'd, they'd take road workers' crew signs and plant them in my yard. And um, so one night, I, they had come through and I woke up and I heard them. And I got up on the roof with eggs. That was a great night. They didn't come back for a while. 
That's all you had to do is either be waiting out there with a water hose hiding when they came through with their open windows. Either get them with the water hose real good or egg them real good. But, uh, and sometimes, you know, I'd wait till they went back home and then I would drive back over to their house and I have to miss my sleep to drive back over to their house to let the air out of their tires. They'd get up the next day and, you know, I had to do it on Saturday night because that's when they're out and about. So they'd be late to church on Sunday and they'd come in. I'd be like, where are you at? And I'm like, well, the weirdest thing. I got up this morning. I had two flats on my car, but neither tire was slashed or anything. They were just flat. So, well, that is strange. I'm not going to tell you guys how that you can put a little bitty rock inside the, yeah, and screw it on and it'll take a while but it will leak out screwdriver works better but uh i know i'm getting a little off subject but still mad at those kids you can tell it's coming out right now i'm thinking about i went to one of them i went to their house one night i'd go to jail for this now but they made me some i went one night they were all in in a house they were having a party and i tied them in the house i tied all the doors shut where they couldn't get out One of them made me so mad. I had, I had a buddy of mine. He was a taxidermist. He caught me a possum. He caught a possum. He said, what should I do with it? I said, that's an easy one. We're going to go put it in this boy's car. So we put it in the car, shut it up, and the boy came out. And it was hot. He came out the next morning to try to go to work, and he reached for the doorknob, and that possum jumped up, and those teeth hit the glass. He boy started making phone calls about how do you get a wild possum out of your car that's mad and trying to tear you up. So I sent the taxidermist back over to get the possum. But uh, there's things you can do. If you guys need some help, I know I'm letting off track here, but I'm, I'm kind of, I'm going with something here. You have some problems. You let me know. I was a youth pastor for a long time. So I know a little bit about how to put Kool-Aid in the shower head and things like that when you really want to scare them. So you just let me know and I can, I can help you. I can help you come up with some. So let's try to get back to where we were here. We're talking about a story in the Bible. Somewhere found in Matthew. And I was saying that every time that my house got toilet papered, it happened while I was in the house asleep and the people who did it came over there and they were unnoticed and they were undetected and they were unchallenged and that's the reason why my house looked like it did when I got up the next morning. Because the ones who are sowing this discord and this seed are not trying to get caught. They're trying not to get caught. And so here in the story, you've got these workers that they have, they've gone now through the cycle of, of they work in this field, but, they, but every night they sleep and every morning they wake up and every day they go to the field and, and they're doing what they can do in the field until finally a, a, a crop begins to grow in the field. And uh, and they begin to realize that there's a problem. If you do a little bit of research on this, you find that it's a little bit, probably a little different. I can't prove this for sure, but this is what culturally uh, scholars think was going on in this passage of Scripture in the mind of Christ when he says this, that he's referring to these tares and and that, you know, you can tell out there in your cucumber patch what are cucumbers and what are weeds. 
But it wasn't so easy in this story because the particular tear that is being uh, communicated here that, that they think that Jesus was referring to, if this is what he's referring to, was a particular type of, of um, grain that would grow and the blades of this looked just like the wheat blades. And so it wouldn't be until near harvest time that they would even be able to tell that there were weeds in the wheat. Does that make sense? It's not like us today where you could, you could just tell and you can go out there and pull them up. But so by now, these, these, these plants have grown with the good plants for such a long period of time that perhaps even the roots have become intertwined. Pulling them out would do more damage to the garden than leaving them there. And so this is what Jesus, we think, is referring to when he says that, that the workers come to him and they say, hey, we, we found out there's some weeds growing in the wheat. And the other thing about it was that these guys would have known was that if you harvested all of that together and began to try to make bread or something out of it, that that particular tear that was planted among the weeds produced a bitter and poisonous grain that if you ate it, they said when they if they if they fed it to their livestock, it made them dizzy. If the people ate it, it made them dizzy. So it wasn't something that you want. You're starting to see this now, aren't you? How this all worked. It wasn't something that you that that you wanted to to harvest and eat. Because if you did, it would make you sick. It would make you dizzy. It would it would cause you problems. So so here we've got now. Here we've got God who is sowing a good seed in the field, and the enemy is coming along and trying to sow a bad seed in the same field. And then the people that are in the field, which I believe, and now here we go. I mean, you you come and tell me if I'm wrong about this. And this is part of the discussion we had. I believe that that you know when you plant a seed, then it will it will grow itself. But but uh, you talk about cucumbers, you don't you know you don't necessarily you'll eat cucumber seeds, but but you don't you don't get rid of the cucumber to eat the seeds. You eat a cucumber, but the seed planted is what produces a plant, which then produces the cucumbers that you eat. I believe that the doctrine that we're talking about, the truth that is sown in the field, produces a good plant that then produces the fruit, which is us. So that at some point. When it comes time to to uh, decipher between the weeds and the wheat, we're not just talking about doctrine anymore. But now we're talking about what doctrine, good or bad, has produced in the lives of people. So that at some otherwise it doesn't really make much sense. If, if, if why would you be too worried about pulling out bad doctrine, um, which is what the scripture tells us to constantly be on guard for bad doctrine? It, it can't just be doctrine that we're talking about being harvested. And why would you harvest uh, just that at the end anyway? We're talking, I believe we're talking about uh, truth and mistruth or, or, or lies that pour into a field, a field that is producing a crop, that crop being people, and those people either being the product of a truth or product of a lie. But all of them at some point are going to be harvested. It's just a matter of where they're going at the harvest time and how that's going to happen. The tares, the workers at some point, the tares that are going to be bundled up and burned. And the wheat, the wheat is going to be harvested 
And so we kind of get the symbolism of that, don't we? The, the, the weed is, is that thing which is going to be um, bundled up and burned. Or if that would represent the product of mistruth, the product of the lie is going to be banished and burned in hell. Uh, the product of the truth is going to exist forever in a good place with the Lord. And so let, let, let's keep on looking at this for a minute. The workers, that they once they recognize what's happened here, they come to the man or they come to God and they say, did you know that you have weeds growing in your wheat? Did you know that this was happening? And what that translates to is this. That the lie that has been... Uh, Sown into the church produces what? It produces hypocrisy. It produces um, troublemakers. It produces people with habitual and unrepentant sin. That's what the lie of the enemy will allow to happen in the church. That there will be people that, that if the rapture took place today... There would be a lot of people that would go to heaven right out of a church seat and sitting next to them would be a lot of people that did not. Because of this right here, because somebody's a product of the truth where somebody's a product of the lie, a product of the lie is a person that believed a lie and is damned because they embraced that lie. And therefore, they they did not allow conviction to convict them of sin. They were holding on to their own brand of religion. How many of you know that there's a lot of churches that have come up with their own brand of religion? They've come up with their own idea, which is not based on Scripture, but they have to do damage to Scripture in order to even exist. They have to write their own Bibles in order to exist. Their own, when I say Bibles, I'm not talking about Bibles. I'm talking about their own religious writings that are not, Authorized by God. So you've got these people that are sitting in the church that are living and abiding together in the church. Some of them are just as sincere and genuine as they can be. Of course, they have sin in their life from time to time, but their heart is right. They're doing the best they can. Then there are others that are sitting in churches for other motives. Some are there just because of tradition. Some are there because they think it's a good place to uh, make business contact and to, and to make money. Uh, others are there because they want to sell something to somebody. And they, they're using that sphere of influence to try to sell something to somebody. Or to try to take advantage of somebody. Or they have those impure motives. And, and so the, the weeds in the wheat of the church would be the hypocrite, the troublemaker, or the person who has habitual, unrepented sin in their life and is hanging on to it, perhaps even pridefully, trying to use some untruth that was sown in the field by the enemy. Yet here they sit together. You know, some of you are looking around like, I wonder which one of us is good and which one's bad. Well, that's what this message is about. Doesn't matter to you. Let me show you what I'm talking about. Notice the first thing. God answered, the enemy planted them here, and yes, I know they're here. I don't approve of that. I didn't do it. I'm not for it. 
But notice this about this passage. God doesn't blame the workers. So if the workers are the angels or if the workers are us, and it could be argued perhaps either way, I would, I would say it's, I'm sorry for those of you that are trying to follow all this, but I would say it's, a, it's a, almost a little bit hard uh, if the workers at the end of the story are the angels that are, in, that are doing the harvest. And it's, hard, it's hard to designate there's two different workers here, so I don't know that this is us. It might be us, but it might be the angels. Are you still with me? Do your own research and come and tell me what this means. Would you do that? I love to be able to get her and say, here's what this means. But in this one right here, I'm just, you know, I, I, I don't think I'm doing damage either way to tell you what it can or can't be. But God is not blaming the worker, whoever the worker is. He's not blaming for the fact that they went to sleep. But as a result of what happened the workers begin to ask some incorrect questions and they have some incorrect actions in plan. They said, do you want us to start pulling weeds? Our action would be, we're ready to start pulling weeds. There's some people that have already started pulling weeds. Amen? Have you ever been to church where they had weed puller ministries? It's not scriptural. It's not one of the five-fold ministry gifts that Jesus gave the church, but there are those people that think it is their job to pull weeds. There are those that, that think their job is to prune preachers. There are those who think their job is to serve as the rear-end kickers of all people who fail and fall. I'm so glad we don't go to that church. Aren't you? Because I'll tell you what, I got whipped at church all the time when I was a kid just because I didn't act right when I was little. I got wore out with a songbook. We don't have songbooks here anymore because I get so tired of getting beat with those things. And I don't want you to have access to beat me with a songbook. I, I don't want to be in a church where that it's a possibility that someone would think it was their job to keep me in check. I don't want you to go to a church where that constantly somebody's coming up telling you what you should wear, how you should act. When basically all they're saying is that you should look like, act like, sound like them. And if you don't, then you're a sinner. Isn't that how, isn't that how it usually turned out? By the time they got finished giving you their dissertation about what you should be doing, you realize, oh, they just explained, described themselves to me. They think I should be like them. I don't want to live in that kind of bondage. Can you imagine if God turned the church loose, pulling weeds? What kind of a mess it would be going to church every week? I, I kind of, you know, I, I know we gotta, we gotta acknowledge when there's sin in our midst and we don't give it any place. But I'm, I'm, I'd much rather just go to church with everybody and let the Holy Ghost do what He does and let Him work in their lives and me just do what I'm here to do and not worry about having to be judge, jury, and executioner. Of the weeds that are growing among the wheat. That is what this passage is all about. So all weed pullers are officially being reminded. 
of your original job description. God does not want you pulling weeds and and uh, doing those kinds of things. Here's what happens for what God is saying in the story. That the weed pullers, they just tromp around in the field. And they end up plucking things in the field, destroying more than they do good. Because think about how difficult it would be if these, if these weeds and if the weeds and wheat have been growing together almost to the point of harvest time. Because it's not until harvest as you can tell which is which, right? So if they've been growing together all that time and they're so intertwined, can you imagine what damage someone is doing out there trying to pull those weeds out before the harvest? They're ripping up the roots of everything in the garden. They're trampling fruit. They're stomping on produce. They're damaging much more than they're fixing. So weed pulling is not the mission or the purpose of the church. What is then? Well, let's go on. Verse 29, 30. It's telling us here that God plants good seeds. He allows bad seeds, seeds, but he will be the one that oversees all of the wheat burning and the weed burning, not us. So we need to understand something about the process of the harvest. God is the one who gives the good seed. We have very little to do in this process. Sometimes we put a lot more um, stress on ourselves, I think, than is necessary. But you need to understand something about this. Think about when you grow something in your garden. You plant a seed. What else can you do? You say, well, I can water it. Well, can, what if it doesn't rain? Or what if there is no water in the spigot? What can you do? Here's the point I'm making. It's God's seed... It's God's soil. It's God's water. It's God's sun. It's God's weather. And if you plant a seed, the scripture says, the law of the harvest says that if you plant a seed, it will grow and produce whatever that seed was. It will produce that. Good or bad, it will produce whatever that seed is. But you, all you can do in this is plant a seed. You can't create soil. Oh, you don't know, Pastor. We made up our soil. Yeah, you made it up, but you didn't create the, You didn't create it. Well, we water it every day. Yeah, you water it from water that God created. You can bring water. You can bring water to something, but you can't produce the water. You can't make it rain. You can't make the sun shine. You can't cover up the sun with clouds. You can't do any of that. So it makes our job in this start looking a lot easier. My job is never to do anything other than sow seed. Well, pastor, some sowed, some watered, but then who gave the harvest? God gives the increase. So I can sow and I can water. You say you can water? Well, yeah, I can, you know, I can, I can tap into the Holy Ghost and bring the Holy Ghost and, you know, in the spirit realm. This is what we're talking about. Are y'all still with me this morning? Have I lost you yet? You getting this? 
So there's three object lessons. We're going to move through them real quickly. Here is what God is trying to say, I believe, to the church through this passage of Scripture. Number one, verses 24 through 26 say this. Stay awake and alert. That's what he's trying to say. Number one. What can you do? What are you supposed to be doing? Stay awake, stay alert. Why? Because it was when they were sleeping that the bad seeds got sown in. Had somebody been on guard? Had somebody been on watch? It never would have been allowed to sneak into the field and to sow the bad seed. Somebody wasn't paying attention. So, pastor, what do we do? Well, you need to constantly be on guard. You need to be in the word, know what the word says. You need to be in prayer. You need to be hearing the Holy Spirit. But you need to keep yourself in a place so that when you hear bad truth, you know what it is. When you hear bad seed, you know what it is. So that you don't allow that anywhere around you in the garden to get planted, to take root, to start growing. Now, the seed that's there already, it's there. We pray against it. We talk about it. But we're not going to be able to root it out. That's why there's people that say, I don't go to church. I don't want to go to church down there with those hypocrites. You ever heard that? People that say that, you know what I say to them? They say, I don't want to go to that church and it's full of hypocrites. I say, well, I'd rather go to church with them than to hell with them. I'd rather go to church with hypocrites than go to hell with them. So I'm not going to let them keep me from being in God's house and being a part of what he's doing and hearing his word and growing I'm not going to allow that. I'm, I'm going to stay awake, stay alert to the best of my knowledge. I'm going to be in the word. I'm going to know when I hear something. That's not, I'm praying about what I'm hearing. When I hear a doctrine that is false, when I hear seed that is bad, man, I'm, I'm doing everything I can to stomp that out, to get that out, to, not to ever let it take root. That's knowing those that labor among you. I'm doing the best I can, but I'm not going to be able to root out all the hypocrisy that's in the church. I'm not going to be able to root out all the trouble of the troublemakers. I'm not going to be able to root out habitual sinners, chronic sinners that aren't going to give up their sin and don't care what the Holy Ghost says. I'm not going to be able to root that out. I'm not going to waste my time trying. The good news is that I'm not, I'm not supposed to. I don't have to. So he says, stay awake, stay alert, so that more doesn't take place. And secondly... Don't question, just believe. That's verses 27 and 28. Here's what that means. Assume that God knows what he's doing and believe him. Of course, he knows about the weeds. He knows that there are weeds in the wheat. He already knows that. He's fully aware of that. He knows about the devil's schemes, the devil's plans. He knows where the weeds are coming from. He knows who's behind them. He didn't plant them. He hates that they're growing among the field. But he does know that they're there. And he loves the people enough that it that it would adversely affect that he is willing to let that go so that he doesn't destroy the good with the bad in the process. And number three, here's what we're to do. Verses 29, 30, cultivate wheat. Ignore weeds. How do we ignore them, pastor? The best you can. You don't buy into it. But you don't listen to it when it starts up in the form of gossip. 
When they start trying, when that, when that weed starts trying to pull you in, the weed starts trying to pull you in, you're like, I'm, I'm not here for that. I'm not here for that. I'm here, I'm here to worship the Lord, to bless God. I'm here to support the vision of the church. I'm, I'm here to work for Jesus. I'm not going. I'm not going to buy in. I'm not going to get sucked in. I, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not going to be a part of that bad weed sowing ministry in the church. Cultivate wheat. So we're here to love. We're here to minister. We're here to serve. Every place that we find a need. And that's the same purpose for every church member at any church anywhere around the world. It's very simple. It's the same thing. We're here to work in God's field wherever he calls us. That's it. It's so simple. It makes your job so much easier. It takes off so much pressure. When you realize, yes, there are weeds among our wheat. There are. God's going to take care of that. I don't have to. I'm just going to keep what what can I do in the what can I do in the process of all the harvest? I'm just going to keep sowing good seed. That's what I can do. I can't do any of the rest of that. God has to do all the rest of that. Remember, but what I can do is I can sow good seed. I can sow good seed. And I and when the Holy Ghost rains on it, if he uses me to rain out, that's great. But but it's it's his rain. I'll I'll be whatever he wants me to be. I'll be used in his in his gifts. I'll, I'll operate in the fruit of the spirit. But he he'll rain on it. But I am here to sow good seed. I don't have the time or the wisdom to be pulling out weeds and setting them on fire. So what do we do about the hypocrites and the troublemakers and the habitual sinners that know that they're in sin but don't want to change? What do we do? Two words. Here's what you do about that. Keep farming. That's it. That's it. Don't worry about pulling and burning weeds. So what do we do? Stay awake so sin can't take root. Believe God. Don't question his plan. Cultivate wheat and ignore weeds. Isn't that so much simpler? It's so much easier. So now you can see how this is all going to wrap up. The weeds are not ever going to be gone from the field until the rapture. No matter how much you toil to make that happen, you would simply be toiling in vain and you'd have no joy in your ministry because you're doing something that God said it wasn't yours to do. Are you hearing me? But you will have joy if you will accept your mission. Accept the fact that someday when all of the harvest is ready, God will send in his workers and they will at the time when the field doesn't matter anymore if it's tore up because we're about to harvest the grain anyway. He will come in 
pull up the tares, shake them loose from the wheat. The workers will bundle them up and burn them. And then they will harvest the wheat. Such a simple little parable, huh? And it should make our uh, job description much easier. Can you imagine the bearing the weight of being the person who thinks they're supposed to bundle up all the weeds in the church? Have you ever known that person? I've known people like that. They're miserable. They go around all the time putting somebody down, hurting somebody's feelings. In their best efforts to weed out the weeds, they invariably run off some good wheat. Some young new convert whose heart was so right and pliable and open to God. But before they could ever really get the word in their heart, some weed puller came along and said, Hun, you can't wear that to church. Son, you can't be smoking them cigarettes. Really? I'm going to leave the conviction of things to the Holy Ghost. And I'm just going to preach the word. I'll stay busy the rest of my life just telling you what I could tell you in truth about the word without you ever needing to hear my opinions. You work out your salvation. With much fear and trembling, I'll do the same. In the midst of that, we will sit next to weeds from time to time. Let's just continue to sow good seed. And fill up the house with good wheat. And let God worry about cleaning up the weeds on harvest day. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Help us, I pray, to be able to understand that word, to get that in our spirit, to be able to understand it. Let, let it be like the seed in the story. Let your word take root in our heart and grow and produce much fruit. I pray that you would give your church wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. The ability, Lord, through prayer and meditation to understand your word and to be changed by it, God, so that we can live a life above reproach, of a life in victory, a life that is abundant, a life that is filled with joy and smiles and openness rather than judgmentalism and negativity. Help us, God, to be your light in the dark. I thank you for it in Jesus' name. In this last song this morning, apply the word to your heart. Whatever it is that God is saying to you about this word this morning, just take that in. I know there's a lot to think about. So maybe you're just sitting there for the next few minutes and just thinking about this word and letting it get from your head to your heart and just praying about it and saying, God, help me be. Help me be a product of that good seed and help me 
reciprocate that by sowing good seed. Let me be a person of truth and goodness in Jesus' name. Come and find yourself a place and pray. God bless you. I love you. I appreciate you. Thank you.